after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, kids. Welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about television commercials. The best ones, the worst ones, and the ones where people say shit like this. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your hosts. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. All right. Today, we are looking at one of my favorite segments, commercials in the news. That's how I like to say it. Everybody's talking about this Heineken ad. It's being called the um, antidote to the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. I First of all, let me just say, so proud I didn't say anecdote there. I can <laughs> never keep it. I can never. I, I know the difference between them, but whenever I go to say one, the other word always pops out. Uh, secondly, um, I don't know if I think of it as the antidote to the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad, but you definitely have Heineken uh, in another long special spot for the web um, trying to both sell beer and unite people uh, with their with their uh, products. So we'll talk about their attempt at that. Uh, Vives, I don't even know what your views on this are. We haven't talked about it. Yeah, I was uh, I was prepping. I assumed we would be on the same page, but then I. I, uh, I read something online that had me uh, maybe thinking otherwise. I saw some comments that you left. So we'll talk about that. Plus, uh, do we have our first female Colonel Sanders? Of course, KFC has been swapping out all the uh, the Colonel Sanders. And I saw somebody tweet the other day, uh, get at me when we get a female Colonel Sanders. I was watching some on-demand television the other day. And um, we might just have our first female Colonel Sanders. Sanders, Maybe. Can't wait. I am actually in the dark on this. I've, you I have, have no deliberately idea. not looked at, at any of the prep materials. Okay. Um, that's your special system. Yes. That's what makes you My such a good host. My special system when I have a busy day is don't do any prep for the show. <laughs> and I will do a modicum of prep and we'll see where we are four <laughs> hours later. Um, uh, all right. Well, that's what's coming up. And we have ad council as well. I was actually combing through uh, some of your uh, Facebook comments, a lot of activity on the old Facebook page these days. And so uh, excited to get to some of those and share some of your thoughts with the wider world. First, though, let's kick things off with commercials in the news. Commercials in the news. There it is. All right, let's dig into it. Let's talk about this damn Heineken ad, shall we? Now, you've seen this, right? I have seen the ad, and I I reacted to it. Um, uh, Do you want to talk about what the ad is first for anyone who might not have seen it or heard it yet? Yeah, I need to um, load the audio here. So while I'm loading it, uh, can you just give a kind of a a general overview of what we're going to be seeing here? Sure. Heineken um, set up this Worlds Apart ad where they invited two people who they know and presumably auditioned uh, as coming from very different uh, backgrounds or worldviews. So you have like a climate change skeptic paired with a uh, with an environmentalist. You have a, a transgender per- woman uh, paired with someone who thinks that transgender's uh, not a real thing. Uh, you know, few, a few different sort of polar opposites like that. They ask each of the pairs of people of, um, you know, sort of oppos- op- op- opposed people uh, to do, it's almost like a, an Ikea flat pack that they have to put together. They put together uh, some furniture, which they realize at the end of the the assembly instructions is a, is a bar. Um, and they have, you know, they have to work together to do this, to do this project. And at the end of the their project, they realize they have a bar and they've each got a, a beer. Then they're asked to watch a short film uh, of, of interviews with each of, with their, with the other person where they realize what separates them. So, for instance, the the man who is transphobic realizes that the woman he's been working with is trans. The person who is a climate ch- change denier uh, realizes the person he's working with is an is a environmentalist, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, you know, I don't even know if we need the audio. You did such a good job of just kind of, like, laying out what this whole ad is. And the ad is, you know, like I said before, it's an internet spot, so it's, like, four and a half minutes yeah, long it's a or little something. movie. We the, won't... The, the thing that the, they turn, if you will, is after they've had this revelation with uh, which they find out who the other person is, sort of, they're invited to either walk away 
or sit down and discuss their differences over a Heineken. So, of course, the ones that they show us are the people who decide to sit down. We don't, we're never told and we don't really know, although I'd be interested to know if there's any subsequent research on this, if there were pairs of people who were like, uh, yeah, no, hard pass. So um, that is definitely the arc of the story. I don't know that we need audio for it, but I figured, like, let's just take a listen to it. Yeah, there's some good audio. So it begins with these individuals just talking to the camera, confessional style, explaining their worldviews. And these are, they're individuals. They're not, there's nobody else in the room while they're talking to the camera. I would describe my political views as the new right. I say that I'm left. Feminism today is man-hating. I would describe myself as a feminist 100%. Just a quick note about this commercial. Um, the way it starts, I actually think this is kind of a bad directorial decision. Directorial decision? Um... The big reveal at the end, as you said, Vives, is that these people, after working together, then they realize that their worldviews are totally opposite. You don't realize at the beginning of this that they don't know that going into this building project. Because the way it's shot, I assumed that, for example, the guy who calls himself far right who and is working with the feminist, a.k.a. man-hater, it seems at the beginning of this commercial that they know that they're working with somebody on the opposite side because think, they walk away together. I also think it's disingenuous for them to say, pretend that these people had no clue what they were getting into. Maybe the two white guys, one of whom is a climate skeptic, one of whom is an environmentalist, didn't identify this as a big distinction between them. But you can't tell me the skinhead-looking white guy doesn't realize that the like woman that the African-American she's British so black woman that he's working with might you know clearly they just by just by the outer signals I mean if she, is she wearing that smash she's the wearing a shirt, shirt that says smash the patriarchy like I that think sort, yeah. I think they're signaling pretty hard to each other who they are so this idea that like it takes this big third act reveal for them to know who they're working with is I think strains credulity i will say here you know what when she's talking to the camera she's wearing a smash the uh patriarchy shirt it looks like for this project she's just wearing a yellow shirt not to even get so there either way people yeah. have a lot of signifiers you know like we're not idiots right even this idiot who thinks that feminism is about man hating yeah i think people who uh judge people um based by whatever i'll, I'll cut that out <laughs> I don't believe that climate change exists. We're not taking enough action on climate change. By the way, the problem there is these two dudes look and sound exactly alike. Oh my God. If you have have white face blindness, as so many of us do, these two dudes look identical. Taking enough action on climate change. I think it's about time these people got off the high horse and started looking for credible problems that actually exist. It's absolutely critical that trans people have their own voice. That's not right. You can't, you know, you're, you're a man, be a man, or you're a female, be a female. So it's a little bit hard to hear, and they are, it is subtitled with the video, but you see a woman talking to the camera saying that trans rights are important, switching then to this guy who's saying, if you're a chick, be a chick. If you're a dude, be a dude. And now those two are going to be paired off. So, Which is, by the way, if you're a chick, be a chick is the very definition of what it means to be trans. Yeah, right, yeah. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Now we kind of know who at least these three pairs are, these polar opposites, and now they have to build a Bjorn or whatever. Not a Bjorn. Like, <laughs> they have to build some sort of... Oh, a, look at this baby sling! Yeah, they have to build some sort of uh, furniture uh, together and kind of deal with these uh, these complicated instructions. But also it looks like in the instructions sometimes are these like kind of chit chat guides yeah. like there's like answer these 10 questions or something about your I do think that's kind of clever even more more clever than the beer gambit I think it's clever to have them work on a project that requires cooperation there's been a lot of there have been many studies and um, psychological experiments that show that when people have to work in teams or work in cooperation with each other it you know it does it, it changes our brains or it, it influences the way that we think about each other and I like this idea they didn't just have them walk into a bar that was already set up and put a Heineken down they made them do this uh, collaborative type of activity mm-hmm. you know this reminds me of is a story you told me about your youth 
a lesson you learned about following directions as a kid? Oh, do you know what story I do this know a story. Yeah, I um, uh, I don't, it's I got a list. I got a, I forget what grade this was in, but it must have been pretty young, probably fourth grade or something. And there was a list of twenty. We we were all given like on the first day of class, like a sheet of paper and had 20 instructions on it. And it was things, something like draw a circle, draw a dot in the middle of the circle. Now draw a line through the circle. Um, but the first instruction was actually read all the instructions. But many of us, myself included, of course, I'm not really an instruction reader. Um, just started do like read, read number one, read instructions. Number two, draw a circle. So like start drawing a circle and then you get all the way to number 20 and it's like, don't do any of it. Right. The point is you're supposed to read the, the instructions The number first. one instruction was read the instructions. Right. Anyway, so these guys are reading the instructions and uh, and putting together whatever mystery piece of furniture. Any trouble, just watch me. So it looks like I've got your instructions here. I think so. Let me help you. It's not just that bit there. So now they're collaborating and they're putting together these uh, pieces of furniture. Describe what it is like to be you in five adjectives. Okay. Frustrating. Dedicated. Opinionated. Lucky. Ambitious. Offensive. Solemn. So if you couldn't tell what the setup for this is, this is actually a pretty bloated part of the commercial where uh, the instructions say, sit down and talk about like five descriptors that describe what it's like to be you on a daily basis. Side note, this guy who's talking to the feminist is like a poor man's Tom Hardy. Oh, he is a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, so they're going through, they're getting to know each other. They're putting together this, um, this furniture. And then it turns out at the end, when everybody's individual projects are done, it all comes together to be what? A bar, you know, like a bar that you would sit down and have a beer at. Um, and then they're like, oh, this is cool. And I, I think that there's even a part where it says, now it says, pull these open this mystery box and they find some Heinekens in the mystery box and you're supposed to set the beers down on the bar in a very specific place. And then it seems like they're done with their project, but then, Vives, this is the big kind of um, revelation that you mentioned before. Those testimonials that they were giving directly to the camera before, I'm a woman hater, I'm a feminist, whatever. <laughs> um, suddenly, now they're sitting there next to their partner and they're watching these videos together. And so all is revealed. Oh my God, I've been working with a skinhead the whole time. Feminism today is definitely an excuse for misandry, man-hating. If somebody said to me that climate change is destroying the world, then I'd say that is total piffle. So transgender, it is very odd. We're not set up to understand or see things like that. I am... A daughter, a wife. I am transgender. So that's a reveal to all of us, I guess, is that um, the woman who was working with a guy who doesn't believe in transgenderism, transgender issues, whatever, uh, uh, has been working with a transgender woman the whole time. And then, as you said, it's like, hey, you guys can walk away now or you can sit down and have a beer together and talk about this. And then, of course, they all choose to do that. Um I, you could probably tell from my tone, I didn't like the sound of this, like, or I didn't like the vibe of this commercial right off the bat. I, I think I was especially turned off because of it was being proclaimed like, this is what Pepsi should have done. Again, we're talking about the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad where she hands a cop a Pepsi and then the whole world, uh, all the problems from Black Lives Matter to climate change everyone joins the conversation yeah. and problems problems are solved so i'm like beautiful oh. people everywhere are, are yeah. happy again so here it is like heineken oh this is what pepsi should take a page from heineken i'm like okay let's watch this thing and then i i hated this i, I mean right off the bat and people were speculating online what i would think of it because it's kind of got like a those Chevy commercials that I hate so much, a little bit of the, like the people, are we real people? Are we actors? Yeah. That, I mean, put that aside. Like that's not, I don't, I don't like these types of ads anyway, but aside from that, I don't think that Heineken is doing anything great here. I think it's, I don't know. I'm starting to side with some people that I didn't side with originally, which is just like, you know what? Sell your product or become a nonprofit and try to solve the world's ills. But don't try to like give me four and a half minutes of we all can get along better and Heineken's going to help us do it. Well, I think there's some legitimate criticisms about this ad, but I'd like to get to my reaction to it first. And to do that, I need to talk about the end. So I'd like to know what you thought about the very end, which we haven't really discussed here. The very end is um, primarily about the man who says transgender is not real 
and the woman, the trans woman who he is working with and has had this now, you know, presumably hour-ish long experience with that at minimum. Can you play that audio? Because I, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. affecting. Okay, and I, and maybe... I, I think there are legitimate criticisms of this whole thing, but I think this this is where I am conflicted. Okay, I don't, actually don't remember this detail, so maybe this will... I did watch the whole thing, but it, it didn't strike me the way it apparently struck you. So I've been brought up in a way where everything's black and white, but life isn't black and white. Yeah, I'm just me. Yeah. <laughs> Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> That's a different set. I'll give you yeah. my mobile number, you give me yours, uh-huh. and we'll keep in touch. I'd have to tell my girlfriend that I'll be texting another girl. <laughs> If you want to kind of reiterate yeah. that, so what what you're hearing there with a little bit of intercutting with with one of the other pairs is the man who says that uh, transgender is not a real thing having a beer with the trans woman, and he says, "Give me your email. Let's stay in touch." I, that's there was, there was something so human and real about that that I loved. That was like it wasn't just like. It was different from him saying, like, I've learned an important lesson here today. Right, yeah. It was, it felt more like. That was like, good, though. That was a really good invitation. Um, it, it felt more like something that you would actually say in that scenario if you were sort of having a little bit of a, of a transformational moment. And his kind of joke, like, oh, I'd have to tell my girlfriend I'm texting another girl. And the both, the irony of him, like, him recognizing how for him that feels ironic. But at the same time, like it help it helps. I shouldn't say that, but it's it's noteworthy that the trans woman he's talking with like looks extremely feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, she has no trouble um, appearing feminine and 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 female in like public life. Right, um, right, which, yeah. which can be challenging for some trans folks. I know. Yeah, you mean for those for those who don't look as much like the, the, the their sort of gender. conventional gender yeah, trans- right, yeah, yeah, yeah. presentation, like she looks, she presents as extremely female. Yeah, right. Um, which you know that's a whole other set of 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 issues and and difficulties. So I think they sort of like sidestepped that a little bit with mm-hmm. this. Um, but I liked that moment, and that's the part where I did write on our Facebook group, and I had a really visceral. I just wrote, I watched this because. Our Facebook friends, you know, posted it. I watched it, and I had a really emotional and visceral reaction to it, to that moment where uh, it felt real to me and not like something that had been necessarily scripted or or overly um, contrived by Heineken. Having said that, so so that was my sort of gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very last shot, really. The very last shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll have to tell my girlfriend I'm, ch- I'm texting another woman, and, you know, here's my email. Like, that mm-hmm. felt nice to me. And like, like almost, and that was sort of like the 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 value of it was there in that one moment. But I understand where people are coming from when they say it feels like it's giving quarter to one of the. Th- how do I put this? I, 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 these aren't my words, but somebody said basically like, yeah, this is just m- more of the how do we appeal to Trump voters? How do we continue to um, like 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 just be oppressed for a little while longer because it's it's our job as the minority or the oppressed group or whatever to um, to coddle and help along the people who should fucking well know that transgender women are women, that feminism is not man hating, that climate change is real. And I get it. Like, I could not agree with all of those positions more. But even I, at a certain point, have to say, well, if if that's our starting point and we simply are not willing to have a conversation with someone who has a different point of view, I'm not saying you have to have 100 conversations with them, but I think you have to be willing to have one or you have to be willing to say it's war. This not to make this personal, but I'm. It's really interesting that you say this because I we're kind of on opposite sides here. I actually agree with what you say generally speaking, but in times when you and I get into the very occasional heated conversation about this stuff, you're so much more in your camp, and you are not. I'm thinking. I hope it's okay that That's I say this. I'll cut it out if not. But you and I went to see Ira Glass give a talk two months ago no or something <laughs> and uh and you slept with ira glass and it bothered me well it bothers me 
It was not worth it. When you sleep with I'm other sorry, radio Ira. guys. It just wasn't worth uh, it. No, uh, we saw uh, Ira, and Ira played this piece that aired on This American Life. I'm sure you, a lot of you are familiar with it, um, where it was from a whole show where I think they were trying to get the perspective of people who uh, voted for Trump or supported Trump in various ways. And one of the things, one of the reporters went and talked to the, the trolls, I mean, self-proclaimed trolls of people who are pro-Trump and also just pro fucking with people yeah. trolls and ira played that and i actually in all honesty i think he had a bit of a i felt like he presented it a little flippantly but his whole point was you gotta listen you gotta listen to the other side and you and i actually talked and argued about that for the next several hours after the show and you were just kind of like well how i'm sick of people telling me that i gotta wait for for equality i'm sick of people telling me that i gotta listen to the trolls why aren't the trolls listening to us um and well, I think I, I had saying. a little bit more of that reaction to this. I'm just like, actually, do you you go ahead. But then I want to read to you. Uh, I'm going to read to you some direct quotes from somebody who I just agree with so much on this. That's why I want us to be clear. I'm not talking about indefinitely being patient with people or indefinitely uh, subverting the needs of the oppressed group to the needs of the dominant group. But there is, I think, a substantive difference between indefinite subverting and being willing to have a conversation. Nobody, none of the, the, the feminists, the trans woman and the environmentalist in that, those, in those vignettes, none of them were uh, put in a position of having to uh, defend their right to exist or, I mean, that we saw who knows what Mm -hmm. the, you know, what they cut out, but the way it was presented, it was just an opportunity for the, half of the pair that I would say is coming from a place of ignorance to re-examine their own experience. And that I think is fine. Like, I think that's a perfectly worthwhile way for progressives to spend their time. I don't think it's worthwhile to constantly say to the right, okay, we'll help, you know, we'll, we'll, we will tolerate your bigotry. No, you know, no, no one in that group, the, the trans woman, the feminist, they were never asked to tolerate the other person's bigotry. They were just asked to expose that person to mm. something new. And I think that's reasonable. I think on conversation number 20 or even conversation number five, if 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 she's still getting, you know, if she starts emailing with, um, you know, Mr. Transphobic there and he has nothing new to say or no has not had a transformation, like walk away like i have no problem walking away but the that conversation about the trolls that we had with with uh after that ira glass show trolls in particular are so worthless because they know they're being provocateurs they know they're just they're just shit stirrers and i didn't get the sense at least they were not presented as none of the none of the people in this were intentionally shit stirrers they're just you know, coming from a place of ignorance. And also, I mean, the, put the troll thing aside, I think our conversation that night became much bigger than just trolls and listening to their side. But I will also, I think it's worth noting that this was two weeks after Trump was elected. This was um, the week after the um, the immigration, uh, the, the immigration travel ban. Travel ban. You literally had been protesting in the streets in downtown Seattle and then on my way to the other left. Thing. The, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, we were all feeling much more raw there. Um, I really want to get to these quotes from people, but everything that you just said remind, kind of points something out to me, which is you're saying these people weren't forced to put up with bigotry that, that we saw or that right. was left in there. Again, that we saw. So I guess this is like the point of this ad, if you were to describe in the way Heineken and their creatives want to describe it, is it's just talking about the other side. But really, no, if you think about it, the point of this is you will be able to turn somebody on the right towards the left. Yeah. What if one of these was kind of like, what if it was, first of all, you called him the um, the environmentalist. I like the way all you have to do is acknowledge that fucking climate change exists. To be exists, an environmentalist. And you're t- labeled yeah. an environmentalist. And secondly, what if this ended with the one guy saying, okay, maybe I'll get to know you, trans woman. But then the other conversation is the other guy saying, you know what, you're right. Maybe there isn't enough scientific evidence to pr- prove there's scientific Yeah, or that it, it there's is a cheat change. in that way. It's clear like, it's clear from Heineken's editing of this that the takeaway is the progressives are right and the conservatives we just, and we are ignorant right yeah. yeah so that i mean i guess that's obvious but i hadn't really thought of it in that way but it's telling that they don't close with anything related to the climate change pair because right. 
that one is sad to say. You know what I wish they'd had? They should have had a va- an anti-vax. Right, an anti-vax. And then this isn't as modern of an example, so I understand why they wouldn't put it in here. This is me maybe spinning this too far, but I was taking a walk today thinking about this, and I was like, okay, well, what if it was somebody who said, I don't believe black and whites should get married? Right. Is that okay to put in this ad? Now, it is true that the ones they chose here are three things that are in the conversation right now. I think you're going to be much harder. Maybe, I mean, God knows what happens in people's private conversations. But if you were to say, be doing a man on the street interview and you stuck a microphone in most Americans' faces on the record, most Americans, no matter what they think in their heart, are not going to go on the record saying that they don't believe in interracial relationships. More and more, you will get that. I'll bet you're right about that. But it's like, where do you draw the line? Here's where I want to transition. By the way, just a quick little quote from my friend Dave, who happens to be gay. I saw he posted on Facebook. Not our group. I don't think he knows this show exists. Um, but, Hi, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave. Uh, he just posted, without context on his own timeline, he wrote, so I had a Heineken with a neo-Nazi and we got this Bursta table put together. We all win. He still wants me dead, though. I thought that was pretty funny. And then um, there, I have a new favorite writer, apparently, a woman named Didi Delgado, who um, listener Christy posted her whole essay about this on our Facebook page. And uh, D.D. Delgado's essay is called um, The Heineken Ad is Worse Than the Pepsi Ad. You're just too stupid to know it. That comes off very strident, I realize, but it's also this piece is written with a lot of humor. I actually had to kind of cut around the humor for my point here. I'm going to read you um, the three main graphs that really stood out to me. She wrote, we have to stop putting regressive ideology on equal footing with progressive ideology. If for no other reason, it's because mathematically it's disingenuous. For example, in the Heineken ad, one of the subjects doesn't believe in climate change while the person he's paired with does. If we're going to do that, the commercial should have included a number of flat earth society people people paired with somebody who i don't know graduated from the fourth grade like why don't we have a flat earther they must have had to look super hard to find a british person who doesn't believe in climate change an american no problem but it's hard to find a european who doesn't and doesn't it seem interesting you mentioned earlier like this is so clearly kind of this post-trump thing but is it why is it british that's a good question he's not their president yeah but they they just brexited yeah they did brexit is their trump um, I like I like this. Uh, again, this is reading from uh, Didi Delgado's essay. I'm also just annoyed that Heineken decided racism was off limits, but transphobia was fair. I game. agree. When you said the black and white, uh, ba- uh, the interracial babies or mm-hmm. whatever, interracial couples, um, when you mentioned that, I had the same thought, which was like, oh, sure, we're all we're all over. We're all it's a post. We all live in a post racial world to the extent that it would be for the most part for mainstream people westerners embarrassing to mm-hmm. say that interracial couples are wrong but transphobia is still like an issue right. that is worthy of discussion she goes on to say they apparently knew it would be taboo to have one of their subjects admit i don't like mexicans that much but thought it was funny. by the way i want to tell you guys genevieve almost just did a spit take you haven't read this whole essay right no i just something there's something funny about imagining someone going like like Mexican that much. <laughs> it's like when I say like I don't like barbecue. I like barbecue right. chips. Okay. Yeah. They apparently knew it would be taboo to have one of their subjects admit I don't like Mexicans that much. But they thought it was fine to have a cis man stare into a camera and reveal that he's grossed out by trans folks. By doing so, Heineken managed to aid in normal aid in normalizing bigoted and violent views. Not to mention his pseudo acceptance at the end of the ad was for a thin white quote unquote passing Which gets to my trans point. woman yeah. with military experience. I doubt he'd have been down to pop bottles with a fat black trans woman with a five o'clock shadow and no intention or resources to transition. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing that doesn't get talked about enough in trans. Like Caitlyn Jenner being the er example. I mean, she is just the worst when it comes to LGBT issues. But Caitlyn Jenner in many ways has like, she's normalized a certain kind of trans woman. And, but by it, some, some things that are within her control, and some things that are not uh, denormalized or pushed further into the margins, um, non-conventional trans mm-hmm. like presentations of womanhood right right um last quote from this and this is one that a lot of people on our facebook page kind of pulled out and talked about this i think is is the kind of the thesis or the summation of uh Dee Dee's article 
She wrote, this commercial is the worst type of propaganda. It tricks you into thinking social problems can be resolved if only people tolerate oppression just a little bit longer. It pushes the idea that bigotry, sexism, and transphobia are just differences of opinion that are up for debate and deserving of civil discourse and equal consideration. And that's kind of, that's where I, how I feel about this. I think, though, I need to give credit to the other side, kind of like what you're saying, Vives thought Carol on our Facebook page, this is a listener named Carol who posted, but then how do you suppose we, she's, how do you suggest we begin? If everyone refuses to talk to those who are ignorant, how are the ignorant going to learn? Only those with experience can truly say how it is, yet if they refuse to educate those who don't understand, then it seems to me that we're stuck. We need those who are ready to start a conversation and stay in it. And that's where I'm stuck in the middle on this. I don't feel like I need to necessarily... Uh, waste my time talking to somebody who refuses to believe the basic fact that climate change exists and that it's caused by man-made activity. It's like white privilege and always asking black people to be responsible for educating right. white people about white privilege. Right. It is or gay people to straight people. Yeah. yeah. T- you know, p- pick your pick your marginalized group. Um, I think for particularly for black people, it's. Um, relentless um if twitter's any indication Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's relentless um and so i think there's i forget if it's twitter or facebook there's some social platform where there's two white women who are like we got this i think it's called like we got this and they basically will take on like any any time a white person like challenges the idea of white privilege they these white ladies will say like they'll go to bat for the idea yeah. that no, no, white privilege is real and here's how it's real. And it's like sort of joke. It's a joking way of saying to African-Americans uh, and black people, uh, you don't need to always l- carry this right. burden because it's everyone's responsibility who is even slightly woke to acknowledge and defend this idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's kind of, I don't know. I think Carol... I think in my heart, I want to be like Carol. I think that in moments, it's kind of funny. I think that maybe this is human nature. Maybe this is just you and I are both kind of bullheaded people. No offense. But I, I we have I'm a taken. tendency to kind of take the other side, right? Like when you and I were talking about after the Ira Glass thing, I was just like, I don't get it. Like, how, what is the harm? Like, can you really stand up and say, no, the world will be better if we don't listen, if everybody stops listening? I mean, it's really hard to make that argument. Yet here I am now, and Carol's making that argument here. Like, we got to start somewhere. We got to start the conversation. But I'm kind of thinking, really? We have to take the time to talk to somebody who uh, is is bigoted? Like, why do... And, and I guess... The point is, I think there are times when you do and there are times when you don't. And I think we all can identify those times and whether or not we take advantage of them. And we won't all identify the or, same times. Exactly. And here's the other thing that's a, that's a really basic truth is that we're just emotional animals. And for me, you know, credit to Heineken, they got me on an emotional level. When I take the time to think about it more critically, I can't disagree with the points that Dee Dee makes. Um, I think it's worth... I think Carol's point that it's worth having a start is valid, but no one, no one who is trans or African American or a feminist or gay or atheist or blah, you know, take your pick, whatever group you're in that is marginalized, it is not your responsibility. It is not your job. You do not owe anyone an explanation or an education. But if you want to, because it's important to you, like, extra credit, I guess. And to all my white friends, no, you can't touch your friend's hair. No, do not. Yeah, please don't. I I do want to say, though, just to come back, that was a good power out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for stepping on it. I do want (laughs) to come back, though, and just say, back to what I was saying before about Carol saying, well, we got to listen at some point. Um, or at least have the conversation. And I think that you and I both have kind of reached this common ground here. Yeah, you know what? There are moments, and maybe there are moments when I should have and still can. Like, t- my dad's got very different worldviews from me. 
Um, and I know that there were times in my past as I was going to college and kind of getting a broader worldview that I would able to talk to my I was able to talk to my dad about something and I know that I did get through and he saw yeah. things a little bit differently. I my, know there are things are that same. I will never get through to him on and, and that's not taking shot at my dad. He's just somebody close to me who has a different worldview on these matters. Um, and so I agree with Carol. There is a time and their place. This video actually wouldn't even bother me so much if it was presented at some sort of conference I was at where it was kind of about listening and stuff like that. But to come back to this Heineken thing, that goes all the way back to my original point is like, fuck you, Heineken. Don't need to hear it from you. Don't need to buy your beer. This turns me off of Heineken. This... When just that they attach it, down, it to a marketing The fact objective. that when you break it down the way we just did and we underlined all of the issues with the way this was presented. Right. And I'm not saying it would be perfect if a nonprofit did it who's like a nonprofit whose mission statement is to really try to solve the world's ills sure. through conversation or something like that. Something more earnest. But it's never going to be perfect. And... I just don't trust Heineken to do this right. And it angers me. And maybe part of that is a knee-jerk reaction because it is kind of that Chevy truck, like, you know, a bunch of people being being super real and human and it's to sell Heineken, but also make the world a better place. And Kendall Jenner's giving people Cokes. It's like... I can't believe I'm about to defend Chevy, but of all the sins you can lay at the feet of those just despicable Chevy ads... Making the world a better place does not seem to be on it. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that maybe I'm having an overreaction because I clearly don't like those style of yeah. commercials. And so I'm kind of saying that I, I know I'm all I, over the I place. I don't want to get in the I business. I just don't feel like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just fucking products. St- be, because this is on the heels of the Pepsi thing, stop. Okay. Stop it. Sell your product and stop trying to like make it sound like you're making the world a better place, by the way, by so a So Campbell's Heineken. Soup, don't have gay dads. Cheerios, don't have Sure, have gay couple. dads. The, the beauty of the Campbell Soup gay dad thing is it, they didn't make a big issue about it. They didn't, they just had a, a real people. Like, that's the campaign, right? Real people, real soup or whatever. Yeah. And guess what? There are gay dads in this country and they had it and they didn't make a big flipping deal about it. Of course, that's yes, fair. you get some earned media because people are then like, oh, wow, you know, the day, or what was the Cheerios? Was that an interracial couple? The Cheerios thing? one was an interracial couple. It was super cute. It but was you're just right. a cute couple. You're like, right. It, they, Cheerios kid. did nothing in the ad to, play up the fact that the couple was interracial they just cast them that yeah way. They, they just did good That's colorblind fair. casting or whatever not colorblind but yeah right but it was you know in a in a perfect world it would not have raised any eyebrows mm-hmm. i think that i take a little bit of a different position from you on this sort of brands venturing into this kind of territory in such a knowing way or such a conscious way um i don't think heineken did this perfectly i think the criticisms of it are valid but I think that we would be a worse marketing landscape and a worse commercial landscape if we never had experiments like this. And, and, and even because it generates the kinds of criticisms and thought pieces like we just explored. But I think it's worse if we don't have it. I think it's worse if we're just like, sorry, Heineken, stick to your, stick to your restaurant scenes and bar scenes and like, let the grownups talk about issues. Well, you know what? Sorry. Did I cut you off? No. Uh, um, I'm going to skip ahead to something in the, in the ad council here, because I want to talk about this because I think it's related. My response to you before I play this is, you know what? You're right. Maybe companies shouldn't stay out of this realm, but we've just had a couple of weeks where we've seen two really bad examples for these big bloated, concept online commercials. Two bad examples, including Heineken? Heineken and Pepsi. I consider Heineken to be a a bad example because of all the reasons we kind of outlined in this thing, putting what I think is some just straight up untruths on the same level as truth and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't have an issue with the Super Bowl commercial this year of the dad watching his daughter race her soapbox derby car and be thinking these thoughts like, how can I raise my daughter in a world that hates women, basically? Right, the wage that's gap, a, yeah, the acknowledging wage gap. the wage gap. I think that's great. Gap. Now, is it just because I'm on board with that message? Not necessarily. I actually think Chrysler in the Super Bowl two or three years ago doing its halftime in America and having um, that asshole... Uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, <laughs> thank you. You do the one I was talking about. Do the voiceover on it and talking about how, like, what America that guy, means. That guy's the, legacy is... 
I won't say well, for some for yeah, but it, I mean, I'm not like Cosby level, you know. No, bad, obviously, but it he he will not enjoy the, the same unblemished legacy mm. that he would have if he kept his trap shut. I guess I think his core audience just likes him even more. I think they like his straight shoot and talk. Anyway, that message was not for me in that particular Super Bowl commercial, but I'm still basically fine with it. Like we want to make this message about what it means to be American. We're going to sell a Chrysler while we do it. And the heart of, I guess that's Chevy, the heart of America, but um, whatever. I just think that these, these kind of like, let's get together. The Pepsi and Heineken thing that they have in common is this kind of like, Hey, we're not going to see eye to eye on everything, but let's start with the conversation. Maybe these were just bad examples of it in my eyes, um, but I think they're both bad. The the ad council thing I want to play for you here. This is a Mike listener, Mike, uh, and our buddy Mike posted this to our Facebook group. He wrote, um, he posted this Modelo beer commercial and wrote, "Am I wrong that this ad makes me want to drink all the Modelo?" And the Modelo, of course, is a Mexican beer, and um, I think the voiceover on this ad will speak for itself. Juan Rodriguez Chavez and his family fought to become American citizens. He wasn't born here, but that fact never once crossed his mind the four times he put himself in harm's way to save the men who were. Since 1925, we've proved that it doesn't matter where you come from, it matters what you're made of. Modelo Especial, brewed with a fighting spirit. Mike, I'm so with you. I have seen this ad and I was so moved by it. And I love how unapologetic it is. It's not, um, it's not, it doesn't place it in the distant past like the uh, Bud, like the Anheuser Busch ad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, um, it doesn't skirt any issues. It just says like this guy was a Me is a Mexican immigrant and he is a patriot. You know. Yeah, and maybe you say, well, yeah, Walsh, of course that speaks to you because that speaks to your progressive liberal values, which then I think, okay, well, aside from, I think, the uh, the the um, ad I was talking about a second ago, was it Chrysler, that kind of, kind of inherently speaks to a bit of a, a Midwestern Rust Belt conservatism of, like, keep America America, but for the most part, like the opposite sides of any of these issues standing alone without having Heineken put two people in a room and get to know each other. You wouldn't put your ad campaign on the opposite of this Medela ad. You wouldn't say you wouldn't try to sell Budweiser beer by saying America for the Americans build that wall. You Isn't Budweiser the beer that did change its beer label to call be called America for a summer? Yeah, just for a summer. They did that. But they but they wouldn't have jumped like you wouldn't right. do the opposite. Uh, you wouldn't do an anti-immigration. True. You wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't be like Budweiser. It's the beer of wall builders. Right. You would you would do an ad. If they'd gotten funding for their fucking wall, <laughs> maybe we'll get to see that. But I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like in a certain way, yeah, maybe I like the ads that fit my values, but also just spin all of them on their head. Yes, you might have an ad that says we need to protect the earth and that's why you're gonna get this car or whatever. You would never have an ad that says climate change doesn't exist by our car. Like I don't know. I sort of take that away from every Cadillac ad. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm, what are what are the other issues that are out there? But like, you wouldn't have an anti-environmental ad. No, I hear you. You wouldn't you're, have a build saying, a wall ad. What you're ad. saying is, and I think this is a really interesting point and and absolutely relevant to the Heineken discussion. Ultimately, progressivism is presented as the new normal, and when a Heineken kind of brand does this thing where it's like, let's have a conversation. What they're saying is, hey, you smart people who know shit, do us a favor and like let your ignorant brethren like sit in on this conversation for an hour. They're not presenting it as, hey, even though it's it's nominally like even Steven, we all know the takeaway is the trans woman is right. Um, the feminist is right, mm -hmm. right? That these, that these, they, and they, de they deliberately leave the the environment one kind of unanswered, but they clearly signal that the more progressive values are the the winners in this. And I think that's interesting because it gets back to what Didi was saying. I'm sorry, I can't think of her. Didi Delgado mm -hmm. gets that. Who I just, by the way, I was reading a couple of other things by her. She's amazing. She's yeah, my new favorite. I can't writer, wait to start way, reading yeah. her. Uh, it gets back to what she was saying, where like. It's basically invite. It's basically asking the progressive left to accommodate the regressive position, mm -hmm. and 
I agree. That is not, uh, we are not obligated, nor should we be asked to do that. But where there are edge cases, I mean, we're never going to get the skinheads. We're never going to get the, you know, the, the, the Richard Spencers of the world. There, there will always be a, a regressive, a regressive right. But there are edge cases. And I'll tell you, 15 years ago, my dad thought the idea of gay marriage was laughable. Today, totally normal for him. He sees no problem with it. Change can happen incrementally and not on everything. Mm-hmm. But my dad doesn't believe in the death penalty anymore and he doesn't believe and he believes in the right of gays to marry. And right. that that is progress. Believe it or not, that's progress. Right. And we we should and move we just, on. And, and we disagree on 50 million other things, but those that's progress. Yes. And that's where things get a little bit tough for me because with some of these things you're like, yes, well, uh, it's progress. It takes time and and you know, you you don't have to go that far back to redo this commercial and it wouldn't be totally abnormal for somebody to be making mixed race arguments against mixed race marriages or something like that. But I also, you know, used to work with somebody whose argument when it came to all this, all this gay marriage stuff, when it came to to the gay marriage argument before the Supreme Court decision was like, well, we're clearly making progress. I'm telling you, within another 10, 20 years, you're going to see it. And I'm like, well, that's great for you to say because you're a cis white male and you can just be like, hey, I've seen a lot of progress on gay marriage in my lifetime. But when you're some goddamn kid in some, you know, southern Ohio community where you're the only gay kid there and all of the issues of not being able to come out because you're gonna get your ass kicked at the very least i mean your ass kicked is like probably the least of your worries talking to your parents the ostracization everything that's all still real and you can't just kick back in seattle and be like well we're seeing change progress is but change is coming just hang in there kiddo like i, I don't know i think both I, I always, things that's can be true go to changes changes slow and incremental and uh that's a that's a truth and we can also decry and work for individual liberties and individual you know people's protection okay i don't know if this is a podcast about commercials anymore we just talked for 47 minutes that is by far the most time we've ever dedicated to a single commercial right by far 47 scintillating minutes (laughs) 47 scintillating minutes um so let's move on here and talk about something slightly more fun but also i don't want to spend tons of time on this we um have talked a lot about the uh current the ever-changing colonel sanders kfc campaign we should mention that um the uh, kfc unveiled a new colonel sanders last week or two weeks ago rob lowe as an astronaut colonel sanders did you know this have you seen the commercials i haven't seen the commercials i've seen the headlines um that they are their ever diminishing returns uh i just want to put in a quick plug for billy zane as my favorite colonel oh right billy zane uh zane the gold colonel before the show you and i were trying to make a list of all the colonels that we know we have daryl hammond norm mcdonald in that order i think then jim gaffigan then george hamilton then billy zane Oh, and then Vincent, what's his face? And Rob from, Riggle. From uh, Mad Men. Vincent <laughs> right. Cartizer. But you forgot Rob yeah. Riggle. And then Rob Riggle. And uh, did I say George Hamilton? So anyway, so those are all of them. And now uh, we have a new one from Rob Lowe, where I'm just going to, if you haven't seen this, I'm going to play it for you. Okay. Um, uh, this is a minute 30. And uh, Rob Lowe is astronaut Colonel Sanders. And he is uh, taking a podium, like a White House-esque podium, and he's addressing the nation. So as this commercial goes on, you're going to hear him talking the whole time, but we'll be seeing it from various perspectives of people in their homes watching TV, in bars watching TV, stuff like that. The time has come to explore beyond our known horizons, to push KFC's spicy crispy chicken. I love the music. Sure, there'll be questions like, why? Well, I'll tell you why. At KFC, we choose to make spicy crispy chicken sandwiches. And unlike most terrestrial chicken sandwiches, we choose to hand bread them. Not because it is easy, but because it is hard. So while he he neither does a kernel accent nor 
a JFK accent. He's not doing it. Yeah, do something. And we should mention that, like, while he's talking, you're seeing um, shots of people preparing this chicken sandwich for its outer outer space flight. And while it's nothing specific that puts this into a certain time, but it's definitely space race time. Like I mentioned, there's well, a in that woman... specific line. We choose to do it not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Right, right, hard. That's how you say that. That's by how the you way. do it. Take a note, low. We choose not only to launch, but the take- TVs are pretty old, so it's not necessarily supposed to take place in the 60s like it's kind of also got an 80s that tv isn't a 60s tv that we're about to see we choose not only to launch kfc's new zinger sandwich in a five dollar fill up here in america but to take it to space will it be easy no will it be hard yes we've already covered that 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 line right there is the most rob low line in the whole thing we'll have to see how the camera attached to the chicken survives the launch But there is one question that we will be able to answer with certainty very soon. Can you actually launch KFC's world-famous Zinger Chicken Sandwich into space? And the answer is, we certainly hope so. Our entire marketing campaign depends on it. But when we succeed, we will lick our fingers. We will lick our fingers good! The marketing campaign line is a good one to end on. Um, I like it because that music also, I think, takes a shot at like some of kind of like some of the commercials we were talking about before, like the America is great kind of epic sound. Um, So when that commercial hit a couple of weeks ago, somebody I follow on Twitter, I want to say maybe Paige Weldon. I don't know who it was. Some comedian said, when will we see a damn female Colonel Sanders? Well, I think we sort of have one now. I was watching Simpsons World on the FX app, which means you can watch any Simpsons ever, not to give them free publicity too. But it's notable that that is on the you know cable channel FX. Also on the cable channel FX, Archer, one of our favorite shows, is an animated uh, spy show, basically. And one of our favorite uh, characters on that show is Pam Poovy. Pam Pam. Uh, that's Pam. my imitation of somebody saying Pam's name, by the way. Uh, and in this new uh, Archer, it's a cross promo for the new season of Archer and for this new Zinger sandwich or whatever the hell KFC is trying to uh, trying to sell. Uh, I'll play it. You don't necessarily need to hear it, I guess. But you have this one character named Krieger, and he's kind of in an interrogation room. And Pam slash Colonel, maybe we should call her Colonel Pam, is torturing him by eating the sandwich in front of him. Why are you doing this to me? Okay, I see what you're trying to do. I just... I... I can't. I really, really want to, but... She's putting the sandwich closer to her mouth. If I tell you, I'm literally mouth. not figuratively dead. It was Archer! Cool, thanks. Before you die, Archer. you should really try one of these sandwiches. They're freaking amazing! God, I love Pam so much. I love Pam, but that level of humor is about the level of this season of Archer. Yeah, this season of Archer is not super great. Are you basically over the, the kernel thing at this point? Well, I feel like, as I, I think I've said this many times before, with each new iteration, it has a sense of diminishing returns for me. It's funny. It would I, take a lot to shock me at this point. I felt like I went hot at the beginning, and then I crashed early, like a year, year and a half ago. I was like, I'm done with it. I'm not talking about this stupid kernel thing anymore. That's when we kind of realized, like, when the mystery, at first it was mysterious. Like, why are they changing up these act? Well, now clearly it's a bit. At this point, like, it would take, like, Laverne Cox to shock me as oh, the kernel. Oh, that would be great. I mean, they have to really, like, check a lot of boxes, That is what would I'm saying. be great. Yeah. Um, well, I stumbled... <sighs> This will be the last thing I play for you. I stumbled on something today that I actually... Because I'm getting a little tired of this, too. I'm getting a little kernel fatigue. But in looking for these videos, I found another one. And this is on KFC's official uh, page. They have... I think this is actually George Hamilton. Tell me if I'm wrong. Dressed up like the colonel. Doing like an internet ASMR video. Of Can you explain what ASMR is? I'm not sure that I can, um, but it is the for people who have some sort of visceral, and I'm going to say parenthetically, sometimes sexual reaction to the sound of like whispering or um, certain kinds of like crinkly paper sounds or any kind of like sounds, mm-hmm. any kind of susurrus. And so there's tons of videos online where like uh, Luke and I were talking about this on the other podcast recently where it is a like, podcast. It is a it has become to podcast what juggalos used to be in terms of a 
vein of humor mm. and reference. Well, we were actually just interested in like kind of finding these videos and Luke found one and he was like actually watching them just he doesn't have ASMR but he was just trying to get into it and kind of see if it worked as a calming exercise and they'll have like haircut videos like okay, I'm going to cut this woman's hair now and it's like a lot of that. Well, I got to give KFC credit for creating and this I don't think this was for on air or anything and they didn't seem to make a big deal of it but I just stumbled on a Colonel Sanders this is the crispy colonel George Hamilton doing an ASMR video Howdy it's me the extra crispy colonel I think that is George Hamilton I think it is too I think you ought to know about And I like the way it's mic'd it's just like using the camera microphone they yeah. totally nailed the the yes, production it is vibe. like an asmr video yes. bucket squares do you see how beautiful this thing is what an image maker it is how it can change lives you can make your whole look be something different you could be a king he's talking about his pocket square the sound just listen to the sound you can hear a far you hear the sounds. Listen to it. That's the sound of silk coming from little worms. And now it's the sound of him eating extra extra crispy chicken, which is disgusting. Now, if you're a businessman, you can take them and just simply put it in like this. That's a conservative businessman. That's like I'm working in the bank, but I don't own it. I love the line. It's like I'm working in the bank, but I don't own it. <laughs> right. And again, this is all about him, like talking about his pocket squares. I feel like they just like is George Hamilton. Then surely he just kind of like ad libbed this, right? It doesn't feel written to me. It has a bounce. I like the fact that they're also like then they're putting in the sound of him eating this chicken, which is like that drives people crazy. The sound of eating, eating on a microphone yeah. or just hearing somebody chomping. So anyway, I just stumbled on that. And since I stumbled on it, I was just so delighted by it. I'm really enjoying this era we live in where marketing has become kind of the Wild West. And yeah, um, I think it's pushing the high production end of advertising to a new high. But it's also allowing for all of this weird marginal stuff that happens that like that had about 200,000 views, I think. So like not not a massive number of views, you know, like it was really Mm -hmm. fairly small by by Internet standards. But, you know, they had George Hamilton there and they like did one take that was weird like that. Yeah. And and it was I don't know. Yeah. The smaller team, smaller investment. Yeah. Put it out I mean, there. We talk a lot about narrow casting or, you know, we, but like the, the media, media criticism talks a lot about narrow casting. Advertising is also narrow casting increasingly or it will mm-hmm. be. All right. What do you say? We, uh, we say we check in with the old ad council. We can try. Everybody's talking at me. That was a reference to the fact that I don't hear I played the wrong sound <laughs> twice in a row, and I'm editing it out of the podcast. <laughs> but Genevieve Snarky, we can try. I just wanted to let you know why she said that. People stopping still. I can't see the faces, only the shadows of their eyes. Good excuse to let the music uh, swell a little bit. Get to hear a little bit more than we usually do. All right, I'm going to go through the ad council today, Veeves. Um, I'm just going to uh, tell you no, about I some things I saw on the, uh, coasting this week. <laughs> on the Facebook it. page. By the way, uh, you can join our Facebook group. Tons of activity there. So much of today's show really came from uh, pe- things people posted there, reactions, essays, people's own responses. This whole show, in a big way, was kind of an ad council show. Um, you can also email us after these messages show at gmail.com. Um, let's see here. You know what? I'm going to just suggest people go online and watch this because audibly, I don't think it makes a lot of sense, but um, our friend Taylor, who is the chief marketing officer, I believe the, so. offici- the unofficial official chief marketing officer of After These Messages, posted, I thought, a pretty cute ad um, 
starring George Clooney and Andy Garcia. Did you see this? No, but George Clooney, is, this is for Nespresso. He yeah. and uh, Danny DeVito did one that got a lot of airtime. That's right. Maybe you and I even talked about that one on the show because we weren't exactly sure what the deal was supposed to be. They were playing themselves, and I think we eventually did figure out, yeah, they're supposed to be on set or something, and this is very similar. Um, basically, you have George Clooney standing in the rain somewhere by like i don't know if he's on some are they shoot sort of somewhere. reprising their roles from um oceans 11 because they're antagonists in ocean uh, me 11. you know all right screw it let's just play let's this just play damn it. thing um so you see george clooney he's standing somewhere in the rain and it's really miserable and he's by some like coffee pot where all the it just looks like a dirty old coffee pot and there's no more coffee left and uh, he gets a phone call from Andy Garcia, who's somewhere beautiful. It's sunny outside. I believe he's sitting by a pool, and he's sipping his Nespresso. And uh, and George Clooney gets really jealous about this. So after the conversation, George Clooney decides to just leave whatever rainy place he's in and start making his way to the sunniest, sunniest, Nespresso-iest place he can get. And in doing so, you'll see him cut in with a bunch of famous figures in cars. So there's like kind of a, was it BJ and the Bear that Tom Selleck was in? No, no, it's not Tom Selleck. That's Burt Reynolds. No, what's the Burt Reynolds road movie? Uh, I think you're going to have to be more specific. Anyway, you see him in the car with Burt Reynolds, old archive footage where they insert George okay. Cody. He's clearly like kind of hitchhiking his way across the country to get to some like Smokey and the Bandit? It must be Smokey and the Bandit, not BJ and the Bear, which no. is Tom Selleck. Oh, is it? I don't know. Let's just play this damn thing. Hello from paradise. How's it going? Well, it's a perfect espresso morning here, George. Hold on a second. Mm. I'm coming home, baby, now. Hey there, Ryan. So we I'm see uh, Fozzie and Kermit from the Muppet movie pick him up. Oh, yeah, that's Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. I'm coming home, baby. I'm coming home. I'm coming uh, this home. is um, Psycho with uh, Janet Lee. Cars, uh, planes, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, R.I.P. John Candy. Henry Fonda from um, Easy Rider. Easy Rider. So anyway, they ins- basically they insert him into all of these movies. He finally makes his way somewhere sunny. I'm going to assume it's Los Angeles. Um, but then uh, when he starts to sip his Nespresso in sunny Los Angeles, we realize that Andy Garcia was traveling the other direction. And now Andy Garcia is somewhere in the rain. And he's like, buddy, I was bringing you an Nespresso. Where are you now? They crossed paths. Mm. I think it's kind of cute and clever. Um, but... First of all, me describing it, I'm sick of my own voice at this point. Like th- that was like the toughest commercial to describe. It feels like it's working awfully hard. Yeah, and they're clearly trying to key off of the dynamic that they had in Ocean's Eleven of sort of anti- mm-hmm. like uh, gentleman antagonists. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Like, where is where are that, one of the reasons I'm having trouble describing it is like I don't really know where Andy Garcia is. I don't really know where George there's Clooney too, is. Like, there's for, just there's they're so trying much. to do too much with that. Yeah. There's too many jokes. Um, and it's not even jokes, just too many references. Um, sidebar, is Nespresso really the best sponsorship that George Clooney can muster? I mean, this guy should be doing like, John Hamm has fucking Mercedes. I don't know. I mean, maybe he I mean, I know it. John Hamm was, you know, Don Draper, but like, my God, he's George Clooney, like... Is there like does a space shuttle not have a spokesperson? Like he should be like the top guy, right? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, but I mean, they also have. It just feels so small time. I know they have Andy Garcia. I mean, I know that he's no Clooney. I mean, Andy Garcia, fine. Like they can get Devito and Garcia, but like George Clooney, it just seems like awfully small potatoes for him. When's the last time you had an espresso? I've never had an espresso. I don't even really... Is it like instant coffee? I assume it's instant ex- espresso. Or, uh, instant espresso, huh? Anyway, they do make it Or maybe it's good. like a Keurig kind of thing. All right, let's move off of that one. Uh, I said we weren't going to talk about it, and then we talked about it. Zachary posted a video. Oh, this is the video. So remember we were talk- We uh, played that parody <laughs> of the Chevy truck ads, and you had the guy with the... What is this, a Fod Focus? What is this, a Fod Focus? So some guy basically takes commercials, and he inserts himself into these commercials to make fun. 
fun of him. The Chevy one was. And he does seem great. to. I don't know if he. I don't think he legitimately has this accent, but he does it in this character of a guy with a hardcore Boston accent. And he and his comedy partner call themselves Zebra Corner, for the record. And he's got a new one here for um, uh, making fun of the ad Movantic. Which I believe we've talked about this one. I think we have. Well, I don't know if we talked about this particular one. Movantic is a, a, a pill for people who are constipated specifically from op- their prescribed opioid use. Um, and or their non-prescribed opioid use. Or their use. non-prescribed opi- o- opioid use. And uh, in this one, you have a guy who's on a construction site. He's clearly like a foreman or something on a construction site, and he's talking to the camera about his constipation. And then in the background, you're going to see our uh, Boston brogy. Who's his bro. fellow construction worker commenting on all of his yeah. revelations. Oh, so you have seen this? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Frank. I take Movantic for OIC, opioid-induced constipation. Frank can't poop. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Frank. Hey, Frank, you doing that thing about how you can't poop? Man, how embarrassing that must be since, you know, you're a real person and not an actor. Sorry, you guys go ahead, continue. So, uh, I got a lot of spare time here on the job site, you know. I spend probably about 70% of my day coming up with nicknames for Frank. Frank the poop bank, Frank the septic tank. Frank is butt stinks. Frank's not poop. The diary of poopless Frank. You know, because his poop's hiding in the attic. How did that back injury? My doctor prescribed opioids, which helped with the chronic pain, but backed me up. Big time. Bros, Frank, disgusting. It's funny when we talk about it, but not when you talk about it. <laughs> Tried prunes, laxatives. Taco Bell, the dirty kebab shop at Miramac. I heard his wife even put her finger up his butt. Still constipated. You know, maybe if you didn't take a handful of oxys every day, you could poop. You want to poop or you want to get high on your pain pills all day? You know, Frank tried quitting one time. It was like Leo in the basketball diaries. <laughs> it hurts! <laughs> you know, no willpower on that guy. I had to talk to my doctor. She said, how long you been holding this in? <laughs> that was my Movantic moment. Let me tell you about his Movantic moment. It smelled like two dead fish having sex together. Ever since Frank started taking that Movantic, I mean, the guy can't stop pooping. The guy's a walking poop bomb. I mean, a serious security threat here. Uh Uh-oh, Frank's having a Movantic moment. Let's suit up, fellas. (laughs) And then this gets really broad. He puts on a big gas mask, and then what what happens here? I think like- Frank, you want me to bring you a towel like last time? The ground oh, is shaking. Yeah, it gets really gross at the end. I'm gonna. It falls apart it. at yeah, the end, yeah. but some of the earlier stuff is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not as good as the Chevy one, but uh, I definitely like that ad. We have some others to get to. Let's save them for next week, if you don't mind. Uh, we got a Mariners game. We're halfway through right now. We got to catch up with that. And yeah, so everybody. Many just other so you know, I would be happy to keep talking to you, but Andrew's got to watch his Mariners. We've been game. recording for an hour and fifteen minutes, right. and I have not liked one thing I've said. This was seriously the least articulate. That I've been on the show in a long time. I like one thing you said. <laughs> what was it? But I won't tell you what it is. Was it high beams? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, but yeah, I definitely feel like I just kind of need to bail on the show and hope that I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. Okay, so a, an abrupt denouement, everyone. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. What's the guy's name in the Man Movanta commercial? Uh, Frank? Frankie can't poop. <laughs> Frank's a not poop. <laughs> Frank's a not poop. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this somewhat odd edition of After These Messages. Um, next week, maybe we'll get a more, more of a traditional theme going on. Uh, in the meantime... Send us your dang emails. Yeah, send us your dang emails. And call <laughs> us. Give, send us your dang voicemails. Call us at 607-444-5597. We had a couple of really good voicemails in a row there. Uh, I could use some more. And please uh, keep keep it coming on the Facebook group. We love it. It is such a fun, vibrant uh, discussion and community. And we just get so much pleasure out of it. Um, that's for the Facebook, the After These Messages show group on Facebook. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I just want to... I don't know if we gave the email address. I'm going to say it maybe again. After these messages, show at gmail.com. All right, we good? We're good. You can really sell anything. Oh, dip. is he's once again back again with the caravan of Manchester from Pakistan. Karachi, Posse, Zaki's Poppy.